Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So hello, here's Julian Hibbert aus Oklahoma City. Und du hörst jetzt so Impact Outdoors Podcast. Just in case you didn't get that first part, I'm Julian Hibbert. I am from Oklahoma City, and you definitely are listening to Impact Outdoors Podcast. A thing that the kids don't realize, I used to tell kids all the time, if you think this high school is really about conjugating verbs and knowing your calculus, uh, you know, your Pythagorean theorem and geometry, it's really about preparing you for the next level. Can you meet a deadline? Can you take care of your obligations? Can you come to school? Can you report to class? Can you be on time? Can you take care of, of any obligations you have concerning homework? And, test prep or projects. It's that's what it's all about. And the stuff you remember great, but that's what, you know, we're trying to prep you guys for. Can you look someone in the eye and make a commitment? You know? Anymore. And I used to say to my dad, I said, Dad, you just, as a teacher, you just have to practically put on a Vegas act to get the kids to buy in to you know, you know, I, and I used to tell I had a lot of student teachers and I would tell them if at the end of every class, your kids' tongues ain't, aren't hanging out, because you've drilled them and spoke, spoken German to them, and they've spoken back or you've sung or whatever, keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping it going. If by the end of their class time, their tongues aren't hanging out, and at the end of the day, your tongue isn't hanging out, you're not doing your job. And I really feel like you got to just, teaching isn't for wusses. you got to jump in and go. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Impact Outdoors Podcast. And, uh, you know, we're going to um, have a little bit of a different episode today, and, and uh, it involves fishing. But, um, you know, I really, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of Teacher Appreciation Week for here in 2022. And, and uh, I had the distinct pleasure of having probably the most influential teacher in my education Um come down and spend some some time with us down here in south texas and uh, got to take her and her husband fishing and stuff and um you know she was a huge impact on me um growing up in junior high and just kind of affected a lot of things 
all the way through my career up into college and, and, and where I'm at today and, and it's been so cool to get to catch up with her a lot here this past year and uh, you know really reflect back on you know things that happen in your life that make such a drastic impact throughout time you know and, and, and uh, really been reflecting a lot on, on things like that that's been occurring you know and, and uh, so we're super excited to have the one and only Frau Julian Hibbard on the show today so um, this is a great one um, especially if uh, you're from anywhere back near Midwest City Oklahoma so um, it's a big shout out to all my teachers but uh, truly you know one of a kind and um, glad to have Frau on the show so let's get started with Julian Hibbard this is a really cool podcast we're getting ready to do I'm sitting here with um Probably somebody that had a lot bigger influence on my life than she probably thinks, um, but you know, was originally my seventh grade geography teacher at the time was Frau Wiley. Yes. Now Frau Hibbard. Hibbard. And uh, welcome to Impact Outdoors podcast. I'm glad to be here. This is Dear uh, York. Yeah. Um, we've uh, good gosh. I think the last time before last fall we had seen each other was probably I think it was ninety ninety seven. In Aachen, Germany. Mm-hmm. I was living in Aachen, teaching school, and you happened to be in Germany uh, for the summer. With the, I think you did an exchange with the high school, mm-hmm. and then um, you guys came and visited. Yeah, and you were like finishing up your little one-year tenure there. I right? was finishing up my year-long time there, and we even, uh, if I recall correctly, you helped me go shopping and buy champagne <laughs> to serve in the school, which is totally okay in a German public school. Yeah, for the teachers. We had a little going away party with champagne and belegte de Brötchen, and um, we bought the champagne, and I think we brought it over in a grocery cart. There were so many <laughs> bottles. And then I set it up in the teacher's lounge, and we made, uh, there's a, a, a big break, like a recess, and the principal was kind enough to extend that for an extra 20 minutes so we could serve all my colleagues mm-hmm. champagne right there in the middle of the school day and then return to class yeah. to teach. Yeah. And didn't we, wasn't there a party like that night or something? I remember something. Uh, I think we went to eat shrimp. We went to eat scampi at the Portuguese restaurant. Probably. With my friend Heino. (laughs) (laughs) So I met some interesting people that that day. Um, We got to talk to to, uh, a couple that lived in East Berlin, I believe. Oh, you're talking Um, about when we went with uh, Claudia and Hans to their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they had been, they had been freed after after mm-hmm. all that went down and in 89 when the wall mm-hmm. fell and they migrated to west well the western part of germany yeah i can't remember their name though you know honestly i can't it remember either like but i remember back then i could speak german fairly fluently and uh it's kind of ambition heute but um, oh. <laughs> um nobody else would understand me we're not doing a deutsche <laughs> podcast so, but, um, you know, it was, it was really cool. And, you know, I wanted to have you on here. We got reconnected last year. Because um, you were kind enough to reconnect. And and uh, you recently retired. And I was trying so hard, I think I told you this, to get off, to get up to your retirement. Kind of surprised you. I wanted to come up there to your retirement thing oh, at that's the school. Nice. And it just didn't happen. Um, so I was really kind of upset. I didn't get to come do that. But, um um, through, through somebody else, uh, Jackie Gilly, I got your phone number last year sometime, and then finally he texted you, and, and uh, 
I was like, she probably don't even remember who I am. Of and course, <laughs> I remember who you are. And uh, so we got a, we had a nice get together. The whole family came over, and, and we. It is kind of strange there, like, for a high school teacher for some. I mean, you have so many kids run through your class, and a lot of you, you know, unfortunately, you don't remember every one of them. Mm-hmm. Try to, but after I had probably three thousand kids over thirty-year career, so. Good. When you contacted me and said, I don't know if you remember me. I thought, kid me? Of course I remember you. <laughs> Absolutely. I was so glad you did call me, and I appreciate that. Well, it was fun. And I can't believe uh, you and your husband, Freddie, came down here um, in Galveston. We've been hanging out the last few days and a uh, um, little mini vacation. Went to Nassie yesterday and was out on the Blue Wave today fishing all day. Didn't catch a lot, but we had a blast. Well, and, uh, super we, windy. We did catch and, a stingray. Uh, we caught a stingray. And we did catch a catfish that I have to admit I did we not seen know. seen a shark. Did not know there were catfish in the saltwater yeah. regions of yeah. the Gulf. I had yeah. no idea there were saltwater catfish. Yep. So today was more of a tour than anything. Uh, we had fun, though. I had a great time. Yeah. So and I was telling your wife, I'm just going to tell you, I was telling your wife, Derek York knows what he's doing. I mean, <laughs> you are the king, the Derek Capitain of that ship, of that boat. That looked, you were very, very efficient. You've been... You've, you have got it down, I'm telling you. Yeah, you get in, you get in a rhythm um, running trips and stuff like that for people. And uh, um, you have you have to have a system. Well, you've got the Otherwise, system. Otherwise, you're just going all over the place, you know, every trip. So, um, but fishing's been tough lately. I mean, it's just been so windy this year. and, and um, um, Let's say it's COVID. Yeah, maybe on COVID. <laughs> Yeah, probably. It's probably because all the ships stacked up offshore, funneling yes. the wind into the, into the bay. But, um, you know, I've had a lot of things happen in the last year that have really got me kind of reflecting on just little things in your life that um, you don't really think about at the time. And then when something else happens, you're kind of like, well, that would have never happened if that didn't happen. Or if I didn't meet that person, or if I didn't say something at that time in my life to this person, or, or you know, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about these things later in life, and and uh, um, we've had some really interesting things that have come out of some of the stuff we've done with the podcast, and and just all the cool people I've got to meet lately, and um, um, you know, I had you in seventh grade for geography, right? Yes. And then at that point, I think you. You know, I think you were required to take uh, elective language, so I, th- I can't remember if it was requirement or not. But I know we had Spanish at Monroe. You had Spanish, German. Yeah, a junior high school offered yeah. three la- Spanish, French? French, and German. Okay. Yes. And of course, I had you, and I loved having having you for geography. We had so much fun. Um, you're very engaging as a teacher. Uh-huh. Um, you know. And you remember that. Like, I had, like, my fourth grade teacher, Miss Richie at Ridgecrest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember so much from her. Um, and then and, and meeting you and then meeting Gerald at Midwest City, you know, who was another big influence on me. Um, but we were talking about this yesterday, and it was like all the stuff we do with brigades and stuff, trying to teach these leadership um, traits and things, public speaking and that kind of thing to these kids these days is, is nearly impossible because they just don't get it in public education at all. Um, probably even in private education, they're not getting taught to get up in front of people and talk and stuff. And and uh, you really helped me open up. Really? Uh, to the, yes. And, and and probably the biggest thing was, I'll never forget, you know, when, when you had the idea to take a group of kids to Germany, 
um, which I couldn't remember if that was the first time you did that. When yes, we it went. was. So, I mean, you know, I'm leaving seventh grade. I was like 12 or 13 years old. He's like, you need to take German. So I said, okay. And uh, so I took German, and then, and then I can't remember what part of the year you brought this up, but I just remember we didn't have a lot of money, and I sold so many damn chocolate bars, <laughs> German chocolate bars. The public school fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, um, to raise money to go on that trip, because if I remember, it was pretty dang expensive back then. It was, yeah, it was. It was not cheap. I mean, um, that was 1993, maybe? Yep. So in 1993 money, that was about $1,700. Yeah, that's what I remember. That was flight and everything. But still, that was a lot of money Yeah, for an eighth grade kid to come up with. And I couldn't believe my parents agreed to let me go. But I think part of that was because of you. Oh, um, that's sweet. But that was uh, that was definitely an eye-opening trip. And I remember a lot of it. Um, I've remembered a lot more just because we've been talking about it the last couple of days. But, um, you know, and that really got me. I mean, most kids, they'll take language. And it's just something they got to do, you know, in school. But having that experience, like, made you want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And and it really did make a big impact well, that's on sweet me. Of you to and say, uh, and I think everybody that was on that trip, I mean, it was a good group of kids that went. And uh, but looking at some of the pictures last night with you, I was like, oh my gosh, I was I was freaking young. I can't <laughs> believe my mom and dad let me go halfway across the world. Um, I can't believe I took you. Yeah, halfway <laughs> across the world. Yeah, um, at age thirteen or fourteen. So how how many of those trips did you do? Over oh my your gosh, I can't tell you. I mean, I taught thirty years, probably twenty. I, t- I used to take kids every summer, and then after 9-11, we kind of, 9-11 was, you know, we, we just kind of stopped for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of parents weren't very excited to be sending their kids overseas. Right yeah, now. And then when I moved to the high school, I resumed going every other year. So mm-hmm. I probably, I don't know, 20 trips, 20, ki- 20 sets wow. of kids. We did a lot of them. It was yeah. fun. Always had fun. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about me, but, but I did, you know, the the high school side, which Gerald, I guess, had started, um, you know, they had a partnership, and it, was a, it wasn't your normal exchange. Um, well, they, there's a program called GOT. It was a GOT exchange, and they did an exchange with a high school in um, Klaus Tals-Ellefeld, mm-hmm. right? And that's yep, town. Yep. So um, when he started that in the probably, I would say, 80s, late 80s yeah it had to mid be mid 80s um he did that every other year with them and mm-hmm. they that was a good experience too to take and we bet it was kind of really amazing if you think about it and i owe a lot of my career to gerald loveless i taught with him he was an excellent teacher but it was amazing that midwest city oklahoma had a junior high school that had a full german program that took kids to germany I mean, I took kids. Mm-hmm. The first year that you went, we went just to Germany. We just stayed in Germany. But the next years, I started branching out. And I would take them like to Paris, to Austria, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Went to Italy a couple of times with kids. Just kind of get them a little taste of everything. And then you had a, Then you all would feed into the high school, where there was another uh, opportunity to travel and go yeah. on an exchange and live with a family. And you, it, it, looking back, that we had a junior high and a high school that had that much. Um, kind of influence mm-hmm. in Germany. I mean, we had a lot of kids that we yep. funneled over to Europe. Yep. I bet the picture of our potbelly pig that they were also in, enthralled by is still on the school board over there. <laughs> well, you know, we I did a foreign exchange later than when you came to visit me. Uh-huh. And they last time I talked to them, they said I gifted them an Oklahoma flag. And they said it was still there. So I said, That's okay, cool. good. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And so I went to the Robert Koch Schule. 
um, there in Klossel Zellerfeld in the middle of the Hartz Mountains, which was like... That's not far from Göttingen, you, right? No, about an hour from Göttingen, okay. um, which is where um, part of my host family lives now. Um, but, um, you know, I went over there, and there was like a two-week exchange. It was relatively short, but we hit it off, you know, because we went to Germany in 93, and then uh, my first year in high school, I hosted, but I didn't go just didn't have the money to go at that time but we hosted a student uh, Walter Barons, I believe was his name and and that was really cool you know having somebody come over and live at your house go to school with you and, and we did a lot of cool stuff um but when the opportunity came up um the next time which I guess was my senior year um I tell the story to a lot of people because you know we had the day where we got to go through the applications of the other students and kind of pick you know like who would you match up with? Who would you with? match up with best? Right. And and I was for some reason I was not there right when when everybody started looking. I walk in and and uh, everybody's looking you know at all these folders with the, their profiles on them and stuff. And Lovis looked at me and just said, "York, sit down. I already got you somebody." And I was just I was upset. I was like, I don't even get to look. And uh, it's probably the best decision I ever made for yeah, me. Yeah, he knew what you needed. Yeah. He set you up with that great family, and um, and I hope that they get to listen to this when this comes out. But uh, um, you know, up my alley, you know, outdoors and that kind of thing. I mean, he knew I was into fishing and all that stuff, and and the family. The dad was in charge of the forestry department at the time. Um, the son loved to fish. You know, he played piano. Was very smart and all this, Sebastian. And um, but it was just perfect, and it was a match made in heaven. And you still have. Yeah, we still, right? still talk to them. Um, the sister, Anna, she came over after I went that year. She came over and stayed and did a um, full semester, stayed with our my family um, while I was starting at OSU. So she was there for six months, went to Midwest City for six months. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think my sister hosted um, somebody, you know, from... Robert Kokshula. Your sister played golf for me. Yep. <laughs> creeper. The Creeper. And um, and I couldn't believe it. Um, so I went back to Germany again to stay with them. And it was cool because I got to stay for the whole summer. They were like, would well, you want to stay longer than the two weeks? And I was like, uh, yeah. And um, so Let me think do, about that. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah, I don't, I was like, I don't need to work or anything. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, and that's so, yeah. when you came to visit me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how cool was that to have two of your teachers you know, that you looked well, after we, so much. And, I remember we said that. When yeah. we, we, you were with, we were at a restaurant, and uh, you were there with us, and we all said, how cool is this that I'm with Gerald and, and uh, Derek York? And Der you said, how cool for me yeah. to be. And it, I it thought was. that was real sweet of you. Yeah, it was. To uh, be with your was, two German was, teachers yeah. in Germany. Yeah. It's never it's never gonna happen again. So <laughs> that's right. Um but um but yeah, I mean it was just such a such a cool experience. I mean the family was perfect fit, like Su Susanna the mom and Anna Sebastian Friedhelm. Um but I mean I got to go fishing like every day, got to go hunting with them. Like I wasn't hunting, but I got to go with them, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a lot more regulated over there. But um just the experience I had out of that, I mean just just changed my life, you know. And and I knew my career path was going to go that direction. And um, being in, at OSU at that time, you know, I was really kind of leaning towards game warden law enforcement still, but I really turned to more research stuff. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was just those opportunities. and None of that would have ever happened if you hadn't asked me to take German. Seriously. Really? Yeah. You never know. And now look where I'm at. Here you are, taking me fishing, yeah. which I had a ball. <laughs> I'm coming back. So, that was fun. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was really cool. It's always fun looking back at that and that time and uh, um, just seeing you know what all's come out of that. And well, you and don't think about this either as students, but you had a uh, not only probably on me, but a great effect on a lot of your teachers. I mean, mm -hmm. we teachers we get a lot of kids, and people always say, "Oh, don't make an influence on." But the kids affect us too. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, when you have good kids like you, it makes you want to stick around a while teaching. Yeah, we see that at, at the brigades camp all the time because those kids are, you know, they're not always the ones, the shining stars or straight A's and all this stuff, but they're good kids. Well, you know, I did not know that you told me the other day that you, in my class, if you recall, everyone had to get up and speak German in front of the class. I mean, that was part of the deal. You did, We did dialogues. You had mm -hmm. to get a partner and, and do the dialogue with a, a preset dialogue with a, a partner mm -hmm. in front of the class. That's part of your grade. And we did it all the time. And I did not know that you were stricken and didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, so I I'm didn't glad like, you did. It's I good didn't for like you. talking in front of people back then at all. Well, so. here we are now. Look yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still get nervous a little bit sometimes it's just when it's about something's really important or whatever. But, but, uh, I've kind of got past most of all that stuff. Well, I'm, so. I'm glad that you did. But that's a, <clears throat> a thing that the kids don't realize. I used to tell kids all the time, if you think this high school is really about conjugating verbs and knowing your calculus, uh, you know, or your Pythagorean theorem in geometry, it's really about preparing you for the mm -hmm. next level. Can you meet a deadline? Can you take care of your obligations? Can you come to school? Can you report to class? Can on you time. be on time? Can yeah. you take care of of any obligations you have concerning homework and test prep or projects. It's that's what it's all about. Yeah. And the stuff you remember great, but that's what, you know, we're trying to prep you guys for. Can you look someone in the eye and make a commitment? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's tough. I'm scared to death for my kids right now. Why? Just just because of I think just a lot of what's going on. I mean, we talked about on the boat today, you know, it's like now the kids have got cell phones in class and there's so many distractions and, and it's going to be, you know, as a parent now, like 30 years later after I, you know, w was out of school almost, um, it's totally different now for these kids it seems like in my opinion what well, was and your i'm sure every generation said that you know every yeah, generation yeah, says but, but you're it's happening fast yeah technology is, is so swift and so fast and i'll tell you something ironic because at the end of my i used to teach a class called history through film and i would always try to get the kids to not look at history through today's glasses i always think that's a mistake to compare you know today's thinking and today's ideologies mm -hmm. with things that are you know you just can't i mean and um I would try to also, they would ask me, you know, like, why would in the Revolutionary War, why would they fight muzzle to muzzle? I mean, ambush, I'd, you know, we discussed the weaponry and that they had the style of weapons, that the the technology they had, it was kind of the way they did it. And, and there's also some cultural things in there, with like, especially with the honor system with mm -hmm. the British military and all that played a role. But but you can't look at it through today's glasses. And, and I told the kids, I said, maybe if I put it to you this way, maybe in 50 years... Okay, now this was in 2019, okay? And I said, maybe okay. in 50 years, you, there will be no school more. You'll be doing everything on the computer. I, and I said, 50 years from now. 
that could be happening, that everything is done on the computer and you won't even come to school. And then, boom, within a year, mm -hmm. schools are doing everything on Zoom. Yeah. And, I mean, I said, in 50, you know, 50 years, your kids may be saying, you mean you used to go to a building and actually <laughs> sit in a desk with a human being in front of you? How weird. And that happened the next year. They were mm -hmm. already on Zoom. Man. I know. How, I mean, how do you think, that's always something that comes up in almost every podcast we do is, talking about the stupid covid pandemic thing but i mean mentally and just um, um learning how bad do you think that's affected the kids the last two three years i think it's just such been such an interrupter you know what i mean it's been it's like turning their life upside down and it's going to take maybe the same amount of time to get back to normal mm -hmm. um but i think kids are pretty resilient and they'll just kind of you know get back in it but it's to me it's caused uh a lot of veteran teachers to be, you know, yeah. I mean, some teachers you thought might hang on longer. But I will say this. I think, you know, your public school system is always going to be in a battle. Your public schools are always going to be in a battle. Mm. Um, there's so many things influencing uh, schools. And, it's, you know, like you said, the cell phone. I mean, I used to compete with that constantly to try to get the kids to it's like anymore and i used to say to my dad he used to, i said dad you, you just as a teacher you just have to practically put on a vegas act to get the kids to buy into your you know and, mm -hmm. you know I, and I used to tell i had a lot of student teachers and i would tell them if at the end of every class your kids tongues ain't aren't hanging out because you have drilled them and spoke spoken german to them and they've spoken back or you've sung or whatever keeping it going keeping it going keeping it going if by the end of their class time their tongues aren't hanging out and at the end of the day your tongue isn't hanging out you're not doing your job mm. and i really feel like you got to just teaching isn't for wusses yeah you got to jump in and go yeah it's a um i applaud everybody that's in that profession right now well me too because i'm out and yeah I'm, you know i'm the it's same way you are it's 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 got to be tough and and uh, it's like you know my daughter she hasn't had a normal year yet you know, I mean, she had, she's on her third teacher this year. You know, last year, the Zoom stuff, mm -hmm. you know, which was just chaos. Chaos, and it was a joke, honestly. You know, um, not any disrespect to the teachers, but just, well, well they had fun. to flip so fast to yeah. that. Yeah. There was no yeah. time for them no, to prepare. No, you can't blame them for sure, but no. and, they're uh, probably getting it back. They're getting, I mean, I have three nieces, and they're just, they seem to be settling right in. Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen Hadley. I mean, she's smart yeah. as a whip and, and, and doing great, um, but. I just feel bad, you know, because it's weird because, you know, like I can remember some memories from like kindergarten and, and stuff, ironically. As long as I go, that was like I remember just a couple little things from Miss Thelma Bratton's class at Ridgecrest Elementary and, and um, you know, learning your ABCs. And, yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I d she doesn't know any different, you know. Right. Looking, looking back, hopefully here. next year is going to be a, a normal, steady year. Yes. It'll ease back in. I mean, it's going to take, when you jack the world up like it yeah. was done, then, you know, it's going to take a little bit to get it all back to normal. I know. It's uh, it's, it's, it's been weird. It's Listen just to my um, high school vernacular. When you jack the world up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so where, where did, um, so where'd you grow up? I know. I, know I grew up in Oklahoma up. City. Grew up in Oklahoma City, went to uh, Putnam Heights Elementary, and then Harding Middle School and Northwest Class in High School. Never took foreign language, not one time. And I, I was a business major at OU, 
And my sister, who at the time was living in Boston, we were talking on the phone. I was getting ready to enroll for my sophomore year at OU. And I said, I've got to take some electives. I was a business major. She said, you should take foreign language. You have, you're good at accents. I said, okay. So I literally, at that time, it was a paper catalog. I opened the catalog, and I let my finger. I, I mean, it could have fallen on Japanese. I let my finger. So talking about weird stuff. Yeah. Because my finger fell on the right place. You ended up going to Germany. Yeah. And I let my finger fall, and I said, okay, German. I'll take German. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That's, that's And so crazy. I took German. And so, uh, and then look at, uh, your, so you say your life was affected by that decision, me letting my finger fall. Well, then, you know, my best friend, who's my sister-in-law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When we were roommates and I did my foreign exchange before I was married, when you came to see me, mm-hmm. I mean, I, that was my third foreign exchange, but as a professional, I'd never... I mean, before that, was always a student. And so this time I did a foreign exchange in 97, 96, 97, and taught school there. And whenever I did that, Janan and I, my sister-in-law and I were roommates, and she said, we, it was kind of a weird thing that when you do that foreign exchange, it's through Fulbright. I got a Fulbright. Right. And so when you do that, you literally empty your house out. Well, not emptied out. You leave your house and go live in a German's house, and they come live in your house, and then you teach each other schools. Mm-hmm. So the guy that I was exchanging with, my roommate, who's my best friend, said, as far as married, of course, said, I'll live with a German. If you get a if you get the exchange, I'll live with a German. No problem. Well, then he's bringing his girlfriend. So <laughs> she couldn't live there. So she said, okay, so we, okay, what do we got to do? I got to provide him a house. He, you know, how am I going to do this? Well, she called me one day at school, and she worked at a bank, had, was making pretty good money. She was like a supervisor of some type. She called me at work and said, well, I've solved our problem. He's bringing his girlfriend to live here, so why don't I just go with you and live with you? I was like, perfect. Then both house, my house is now empty. And, they, and she said, famous last words, how often do you get to live in Germany for a year? And she's still there, 25 <laughs> years later, married to Alphonse Kugel. So look, because my finger fell on German, <laughs> you got to go to, and then she is now yeah. living in Germany. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Pretty funny. And yeah. I had a great career teaching. I mean, I never thought I'd teach school, ever, ever. I mean, mm-hmm. when I started taking German in high school, in uh, college, yeah. I was taking it for fun. I loved it. I switched majors. I mean, you know, what was I thinking yeah. when I decided to switch majors from business management to German foreign language? Yeah. What was I thinking? That's a pretty big difference. Because I wasn't going to teach. But <laughs> after I got out and everything, and I realized, oh, I probably could teach. And I, and I did. I'm going to make a, uh, uh, I made a conscious decision then. Because I was a business major. I only have like two, maybe a semester and a half, maybe, to finish my other degree. But I never wanted to. And I said, okay, if I go into teaching, I'm not going to make very much money. But I'm going to have a ton of time off. I knew that going in, mm-hmm. but and the time off was so valuable to me to get to travel and, you know, summers off. I could spend, I spent a lot of summers in Germany. Yeah. I'd take kids and then I'd stay and travel around and 
Mm. You know, I, I went to Germany over Christmas sometimes. So it was definitely valuable. Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I was so fascinated by German history and just everything that's happened in that country, you know, since, since you know, World War One, I, I guess. And, and I was a big history buff back then, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, going in and experiencing that and seeing that, I mean, you know, getting to go to Berlin. Oh, yeah. See, you know, where the wall was and see Pick how that Charlie. city was just so divided, you know. And, I mean, you can just walk across the street and one side looks like it's from the 1940s and the other side looks yeah. like it's from the 1990s. Amazing. You know, and it was just so weird, you know, And, you know, the family that. that I lived with in Bavaria, I lived with a farm family, they met in a bomb shelter. They're a husband, wife, and great, you know, marriage, had kids. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was living with them, I became friends with them and kept in touch with them. All They both passed away. But I asked them uh, where they met, and they both met in a bomb shelter. Yeah. Crazy. It is amazing. And they Crazy. lived in a farmhouse. That, talk about lucky. I lived in a farmhouse in southern uh, Germany, in, in Holzkirchen is the name of the town, which is south of Munich. Their farmhouse was built in 1868. Had all the gorgeous, you know, southern, the Bavarian Luftmalerei, those paintings on the side of the house. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous. It was a big old dairy farm. Yeah. And, and you told me a story when we were over at your place last fall. About running into some students or something, and one of them ended up was staying there. Was that right? Oh, okay. So I'm with my students. When I was teaching high school, I was with my students in the Hofbräuhaus House in Munich, which, I don't know, holds 20,000 people a night. I mean, yeah, it's on a it's summer huge. night. It's massive. And I'm in the Hofbräuhaus House, and I was with my students. Okay, yes, I'll say it now that I'm out of the building. I did take my kids <laughs> to a beer hall. I mean, it's part of the thing. <laughs> I guess the statute of limitations just ran out of that. <laughs> but anyway, so we all went to the beer hall and then uh, watched some traditional dancing and all that. But uh, anyway, as we were leaving, this woman in a dirndl, you know, this German dress, she goes, hey, hey, and flags me. And I, I thought, is she talking to us? It's just so weird. She kind of had a little bit of Southern accent. And, uh, and I thought, that's weird. She's in a deer. She looks like a traditional German woman, but she's yelling, hey, hey, at us. And I asked her, Yo, what's going on? And she said, can y'all help me find the Hauptbahnhof, which is <laughs> which is the main station, right? And uh, I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I can. I said, I'm with these students. I've got students with me. We're going to, we have a bus parked over here. You can ride with us and go to the Hauptbahnhof. What do you, what's going on? She goes, I can't find, I was with some friends. I just got here. And I'm staying with a family, but I don't know how to get home. And my, I can't find my friends. You know, the Hofbräuhaus house is massive. She got lost. And I thought, I cannot believe she flagged me down. And I said, well, sure, yeah. You can ride with us to, to the to the Hauptbahnhof, and I'll, I'll help you get on the train. Where are you going? She goes, I'm going to a town called Holtzkirchen. I said, oh, my God, you're going to Holtzkirchen? I said, are you with Kansas University? She said, yeah. I said, I went to KU for a summer. I did that same exchange. I said, I can probably... I can show you what training you need to take to get back to Holtzkirchen. You take the S8. So anyway, so we're on the bus getting, we get to the train station. And I said, what family are you staying with? She goes, the Hofstetters. I go, get out of here. That's my family. I go, that's my family. I said, you're in my bedroom. I already know it. And I said, let me tell you where they hide the key. The key is in the plant right by the front steps. So thank God she made it to me. She had no idea how to get home. She had no idea where she, she had no idea. She didn't even know how to what get to the, the house. the odds of that happening? Dear, that's like my finger landing on Germany, and there we all are. Can you believe that? She had no idea how to get there. And yeah. I, I just happened to say, okay, this is crazy. I, I drew a little map. She didn't even know how to get to the house once she got into Holtzkirchen at the train station. 
at their Bahnhof. She had no idea. I said, well, let me just tell you what to do. And I showed her the way, and I said, the plant, the key is in the plant right by the stairs. She was, we were flipping out. I said, I cannot believe. That's, it's. Uh, yeah. And she was a little a bit. a small world. A little bit, you know, inebriated. Not too yeah, bad. Yeah. I mean, it was like some students. But yeah, but she was, she was able to get it together. And, and I can't believe she yelled, hey, hey, to me. Yeah. As I'm walking away from the Hofbrauhaus. house. Is that not crazy? <laughs> it's very crazy. I know. It's real crazy. <coughs> yeah, we had a, a, when I got to take my wife, Shars, over there to mm -hmm. meet everybody. Um, I think I told you this story already, but uh, we were, I don't know, I think from, we were going from Ulm on an ICE train to Göttingen. And uh, we're on the train, and we'd stop somewhere, you know, make a couple stops, and then we're on the last leg of that trip. Um and I was passed out on the train. I just told Char, she said, it's like, uh, I'll wake up when we get there, you know. Oh. And uh, <laughs> and so she was freaked out because she didn't speak any German. And she's like, I'm not going, you know, later she's like, I'm not going to sleep. It's like, I'm, we're going to miss our exit. And uh, so I remember, like, her waking me up, like, hitting me in the arms, like, hey, wake up. And she was like, somebody keeps staring at us. They keep walking by down the aisle, like, staring, like, looking right at us. That they won't, they haven't said anything, and, and you know, she's thinking like, you know, James Bond movie or something, you know, <laughs> like somebody's gonna kidnap us or something. And then uh, after she's telling me this, um, the door opens, and then a couple people walk in, and it's my uh, exchange partner's aunt and uncle ah, that's hilarious. that live right across the street from them in Gottingen now. And they recognize this, and they were on the same tree. And it's like we thought that was Derek. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, how? how how often does somebody from Oklahoma end up on a train in the middle of Germany right. and, and uh, okay, see so somebody you know? Okay, so since you said Ulm, let's do the famous tongue twister. Ready? Uh-oh. Um, Ulm, 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 Herum. Come on, let's try it. I'll go slow. Um, Ulm. Um, Ulm. Und Um, Ulm, Herum. Um, Ulm, Herum. Ganz gut gemacht, Derek. Yep. Voice pumper. You can't see it, but we just fist pumped. Bitte, nichts zu danken. Yeah, it's a... Uh oh, uh, you're. Oh, what was I going to say? I forgot. Oh, man. Yep, I'm going to get graded over here. No, no grades. I will not. I will grade you <laughs> only on the way you handled that boat today. I'm telling you right now. All right. Der Kapitän, you get a. Well, in German, it'd be a one. <laughs> An A. Oh, man. Yeah. That was fantastic. I can't believe. I was laughing and I said, Can you believe I'm sitting here with you in the Galveston Bay? Yep. And, and 30 years ago, if I'd have said to the 13-year-old kid that was in my class, hey, little boy, yeah. <laughs> come here. In 30 years, yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with you in the Bay of Galveston or Galveston Bay. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be taking me fishing on a 25-foot craft that you are the master of. <laughs> we joked and I said, I'd first have to get out a map and show you, here's the Bay of Galveston. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, back then I didn't even know what Galveston was or, or where it was. And that's okay. We would have learned. We would have learned. So I know so where it's at funny. now. I know where it's at now. So, um, yeah, so I mean, growing up, you know, in Oklahoma, um, I mean, did y'all do much outdoors? Did y'all fish uh, Yeah, I fished with my or? dad. We fished. My dad and I would go fishing a lot. I mean, I'm the youngest of six kids. So we did, like, we didn't ever camp. My, my parents were not campers. We didn't. My dad hates to be hot. Well, he passed away, but he hated to be hot or be bit by mosquitoes. So yeah. we never did camping, none of that. But we did 
you know, we as kids spent a ton of time outdoors. But now my dad and I, excuse me, when I got, uh, you know, by the time all the kids had left the house and everything, he invested in a bass boat. So he and I would go fishing quite a lot in a bass boat. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about bass fishing from him, like in high school and college even. I'd go fishing with him. It's fun. I mean, yeah. I really enjoyed I And mean, when I was a kid, he would take his crappie fishing and things mm-hmm. like that. But most of our time was spent, I learned how to do the top water, you know, yep. popper. Head and baby, lucky 13. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yep. So that's, that's, that's so cool to know because I didn't know that back then. I didn't know that you fished. And, yeah. And I mean, that. no, I'm not, not anywhere but, near uh, your level of yeah, fishing. Yeah, but still, you know. Um, I'll tell you another good one, too. This is interesting in, in today's times. We used to go to, um, um, my, my dad used to belong to a country club because he played a lot of golf. And so it wasn't a big time country club, okay? But the that, Redneck Country Club? Well, got down here in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't highfalutin like debutantes. It was just a country golf club. And um, anyway, so we, they had a couple of ponds there and we would go fishing there. My dad and I would just go. He would just park the car. I just, I don't even, couldn't even tell you how we got there. Park the car at this one house. And there was no fences, so we would just walk between the houses, like on the ninth hole, and we would go fishing there, like at dusk. So there were really no golfers, and we'd sometimes we'd fish when golf was happening, but we would be out of the, you know, not yeah. in the way. So I took my friends there, and I never thought one thing about just going between these people's houses, because my dad did it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure at night, when I, you know, pull up, and I, you know, I can't believe we never get somebody to come out like pop us or something, you know, because I'm <laughs> I'm walking with my friends. Between houses, going down to the ninth hole. Uh-huh. Like, oh, we go fishing all the time. My dad and I, come on. <laughs> we just park our car out there in front of the, the houses and go fishing yeah. at, you know, midnight. Yep. That's crazy. Again, we'd catch catfish with bacon. Uh-huh. I'd put bacon on a hook and catch catfish. Everybody everybody loves bacon. Well, catfish <laughs> too. But I was never good at getting them off. I always took, took a towel. Yeah. Because I don't like to hold them. You know, they're sticky. Yeah, so but we just threw it back in. I think my neighbor's dog just found us. Oh, so um, that's so funny. So yeah, well, I used to sit in the creek below uh, Richcrest Elementary and catch crawfish on bacon Did you on really? a string all the time. Just catch them, throw them in a bucket, and then throw them back in before I left. Yeah, and, uh, it's fun. Yeah, just I don't know how many of them things I tortured, um, but <laughs> it was fun back then. I mean, that was fishing to me. So. Um, well, look where you've come. Then, yeah, then that. I got then I graduated to a little two-man boat and then my grandma bought me my first real boat a john boat and trailer and man once i could drive my eyes gone you were the fishing king i worked as much as i could at hobby lobby and made enough for gas money and and bait and and that's all i did when i when i wasn't working well do you know freddie who my husband is with us and he said he reminded me and i'd forgotten this he said you used to always talk about this kid who loved to fish i said i did i didn't remember that yeah. yeah that was me that was so. you so look how far you've come mr fisherman yeah it's crazy um it's been a wild ride and it's not over so well who I'm knows what the future holds but uh i think it's all good things so just trying to pass on you know really trying to we've been so busy the last few years and this this past year i, I told my wife it's like it's like we really got to get back to you know quality family time and you got to make time for that and i don't want i don't want to miss that and it's hard because you talked to a lot of other guides that have been guiding for 30 40 years and he's like you know i mean you got to fish when people pay you to go fishing and um so you do miss stuff um but i don't want that to be me so i'm really i get it 
putting trying to do that you know put as much effort into doing things with with them as much as possible and involving them you know i can't wait we talked earlier i was like i can't wait till they're old enough to actually clean the boat efficiently because okay. I, will, I will pay them so i don't have to are you in the near future <laughs> am i wrong to correct me that you're going to be uh going to career day at the school and giving yeah home? like next month i think i love it so she was pretty excited when i told her i was going to get to go do that so um, You're going to be the fish king at the school. Oh uh, yeah, I've already I asked your kids, "What do you What do you say when that people ask what your parents do for a living?" And she really didn't say anything. I said, "You don't say your dad's a fisherman or a captain of a boat." Or she's <laughs> like, "I don't know." You know, she's. Yeah, Trevor just says, "My daddy can't tax sharks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. So, well, I think I might want to come to the shark tagging sometime. Yeah, no, we'll get you out on there. So. That might be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, the the shark tagging stuff we do at work is a lot of fun. It's uh, pretty exciting because um, you never know what's going to come up on the next hook. Well, that's so, what I mean. Um, <laughs> you know, little fish, big fish. I mean, from landlocked <laughs> Oklahoma, this mm-hmm. is like big time just being out on the boat today, even though we didn't have... Yeah, it's a big body of we water. We didn't catch a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of stuff, saw some dolphins. Yeah. So that was fun. I mean, that's fun for me, landlocked yeah. Okie. And then I, I've got this shrimp. I don't know what to do with. So you yeah, the, to I think that's been half the problem here lately. Is the shrimp are colossal right now, um, and so the fish eat them, and they can't even get anywhere near a hook. So, um, so you're taking a bunch of nice shrimp home. <laughs> we'll do it. I'll get some garlic so, butter ready. But um, we do with that shrimp scampi, right? Yeah. So wait, wait. So what what is that dish called when you do the garlic butter and shrimp? What did I, I can't think of the word. Oh, I don't know. Just I just say sautéed shrimp. Okay, well that sounds good. Black and shrimp. I like making black and shrimp and stuff. But usually everything gets wrapped in bacon down here. So oh well, bacon again, and a jalapeno. Again, nothing is wrong with bacon. <laughs> bacon, jalapeno, sh- cheese, and a big old shrimp. So, well, that sounds good. Um, but uh, so when you, uh, w- when did you know you were going to retire? Like, did you? Uh, it hits you like a ton of bricks. There was a time when I, I mean, I'll be honest with you in my 30th year, actually 29th year, uh, not whining, just saying I was very, very overworked. I had five preps a day, which, you know, not again, not trying to whine, but I realized Mm -hmm. I'm getting too old for this. And, um, I really, it was a blessing. I'm telling you, it was a blessing that I, when I retired, I did because the next year was COVID. I'm so glad I didn't have to go through that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, not, again, you, you, every teacher I ever talked to, they all say the same thing. Mm. I said, how do I know when, when I'm going to retire? That They would say, you'll know. Yeah. And I knew. It was time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and, and, you know, my brother and, and sister both had you. I had, as, yeah, yeah. I had the whole Yorks. I had the yeah. whole family. Your mm. sister played golf for me, the Creeper. Mm-hmm. Got to love her. Yep. Had your brother, Aaron. Yep. And uh, they're both doing great. And being successful and all they're doing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love it. As a teacher, and, uh, do you know how thrilled that makes you when you see <laughs> kids? Because I tell you, the time I took the German, I had some Germans in town, and I took them, because um, Midwest City Police Officers, we knew a lot of them, mm-hmm. so I took them, um, uh, these two Germans were in police school in Germany. They were going through police academy, which mm-hmm. in Germany is three years. Wow. It's not like six months like in America. Yeah. So they were in the middle of their police academy training, and they'd come to America, and and uh, I thought, hey, I'll hook, you know, get them with the Midwest City Police and mm-hmm. let them tour the jail or tour the police department and get them on a ride. And so with some friends of mine, I got um, was able to luckily get them on that. But 
when we were there, you know, Midwest City's not a huge town. So as a teacher there, you're in public. You see a lot of kids at yeah. Frau Hubert, Frau Hubert. And so, you know, it's not like that in Germany. You know, Germany, there's no neighborhood schools or districts. You just pick a school and go. Yeah. You, you might have to commute even. You know, some kids commute at age 10 to mm-hmm. their school. And so anyway, um, we had gone to Midwest City early that morning, had some, you know, breakfast somewhere. One of my students was our waitress. Then we go to Target to run some errands. Probably ran into five students. Frau Hubert, Frau Hubert, Frau Hubert. And these Germans were like, wow, you know everybody. I go, no, it's just because I've taught here so long. And there's some <coughs> big town. And da, da, da. and they just couldn't believe it because, you know, that just doesn't yeah. happen there. We, then we went somewhere else. Frau Hubert, Frau Hubert. So we go to the, to the take a tour of the police department. And when we were going through the jail, there was a solid door with just a little hole. Mm-hmm. And these two eyes were looking out. And the voice goes, Frau Hibbert. I was like, no way. <laughs> and the Germans, the Germans were like, oh, my God. And I said, well, they were like, ach, mein Gott. I said, well, I can't see who you are because I can really see your eyes, but please identify yourself. And it was a former student, which is not funny if they were in jail. But No, place your hands on the wall. Uh, yes, it was not funny if they were in jail, but it was pretty ironic that these two eyes yell, Frau Hibbert. I was yeah. like, ah. Who is that? Yeah, that's that's. I remember you telling me that last year when we were at your place. I was like, yeah, that that had to be a little weird. It was. And another time, I was at the when I coached golf. I was at the golf course. I was with all my golfers, and all of a sudden, this person in an orange jumper was yelling my name and running toward us. And my golf team said, "Oh my gosh, you know that prisoner?" I said, yeah. I, I'm, "Yes, I'm glad I know the prisoner. Unfortunately, they're wearing orange jumper today." This is the second one I've met this yes, year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man, well, it's got to make you feel good. Everybody remembers you and stuff, and because uh, um, there's definitely a lot of teachers that I don't remember much about. Well, that you know, happens. but uh, um, you know, I think another one that I really, really appreciated at Monroney at the middle school was uh, Larry Whitesell. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh my gosh, he was so nice. I don't he know whatever happened to him. So and, funny. And his wife was um she was a she was um a music teacher, I believe. I'm, I'm gonna right? tell you a, a hilarious quote from Larry Whitesell. He said I, I I you know, sweeping through the teacher's lounge one day and I was a new teacher and he was probably about to retire. And he said he had a very serious look on his face. <laughs> he was very funny. Mm-hmm. But he, he always deadpanned it. And he had a very serious look on his face. And he said, at that time, my name was Wiley. He said, Frau Wiley, I believe I've come to the conclusion I need to retire. I said, oh? And he said, I fear that if I have a heart attack in the class, the students would violate me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, if you're thinking that, maybe it is time. <laughs> he was so funny. He was so dead gum funny. Oh, yeah. He was so, a great always teacher. so dry. But he was a very good, very intelligent guy and very mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. No. And I had, um, I, I'm trying to remember where his wife was. It, she taught, I think, at Dell City, maybe. Because I went to um, Townsend in Dell City for a couple of years. It seemed like she was a music teacher. Yeah. Or I think they, were, they, had a mu- they both had uh, a music background. Yeah. And, and so I had her over there, I believe, and then had him at Monroney and, and stuff. So, yeah. Um, he but, was a good guy. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's good times. I mean, I had a good, I had a good education, you know, at the time in, in mm-hmm. Midwest City and stuff. Midwest City is a good school district. So well, it was a, it was a surprise to me. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know anything about Midwest yeah. City. We just played them at football. I went to Northwest Class, and so I should say, 
we got killed by men football every year. Yep. Northwest wasn't a stellar team yeah, when, when I was there, but Midwest City has always been a very good school district. When I got into Midwest City, I mean the football team, they were like second or third nationally on the ESPN poll. Oh, I mean, yeah, they were undefeated like two or three seasons in a row. And, and that was right about the time Jinx was coming on strong. So if you know anything about Oklahoma 6A football, Jinx is like the, the powerhouse, And now I Union guess. and Owasso have kind of replaced really? Jinx, yes. Wow. Yep. So, but those are those are good times, fun oh, yeah. times, good times. But um, good times in the dub. So, so now that you've retired, um, and we'll wrap this up here in a second. But um, I mean, are you just really enjoying life, getting to do? Well, a lot I'm of sitting cool down stuff? here in the middle of the week, yeah, in in the greater Houston area, enjoying uh, a fishing trip with my former students. So, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I've been very busy. Our, our church has got a lot of things going on, so I've been very busy there and doing some other things but yeah I, I needed this little break actually but nice. yeah it's very I'm enjoying retirement I'm, I'm enjoying um, my time not having to be somewhere mm -hmm. that's nice yeah not having you know I like it I still get up at six in the morning I, I work out join the Y yeah. Join the Y. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I've, I've been working out my Holiday Inn Express this week. But anyway, so uh, but just so I can stay 2X. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to stay 2X. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, not having to commit to a schedule. Mm -hmm. and But it's kind of weird, I have to say. When you retire, you think, okay, la-di-da, no schedule. Yeah. But not having a schedule... Yeah, most people know they're retired. They're busier then than they were when they're working. That is for sure. You know, and that and is uh, true. But not having a schedule is kind of. Let me go back to the high school vernacular. It's kind of jacked me up a little bit. Yeah. But no, it's it's um, it's been great. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I recommend it to all. That's <laughs> good. You know, I, that's one thing I always was like, man. I was like, I don't want to. Don't ever want to work till I'm eighty years old. It's like I want to enjoy life. You know. It's like, um, I'm so glad I got in the career that I'm in now when I did mm -hmm. such a young age. I mm -hmm. mean, right out of school. Because mm -hmm. it's going to afford me the ability to retire earlier. Good one. You know? Yeah, and, I and, agree. And, and do other things. And you'll things do other and, things. Yeah, you'll work. You know? And, um, you know, I've got a lot of that lined up already and stuff. But um, it's a... Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. every day's an adventure down here. You just well, never know what you're going to do. Let me just go ahead and give you a little perk and say... Anybody out there wanting to go fishing needs to go with the <laughs> king, Derek York. Oh, well, spotstockerguideservice.com. That's so. correct. I was going to say, <laughs> well, you know, I, I went to uh, Maryland uh, a mm -hmm. year ago. And I landlocked Oki. I know nothing about sea fish, sea things. Sea things yeah. are strange. So I go to Maryland with my sister-in-law, and we were... At a place where we could go fishing in the bay, in the in Chesapeake Bay, it's mm -hmm. very shallow, so it wasn't scary or anything. But I don't know all the kinds of fish. I was going to wear my fish shirt today because they got me a fish shirt that had all the different types of fish. Right. And I, it's at like spot and then some other yeah. types. And so we were walking through the campground and with our fishing poles and the guys, you know, where it's like, hey, there go the fisher girls again. <laughs> And I said, y'all make fun of us, but I did catch a dot today. <laughs> and the guy goes, he's laughing just like that. And I was like, I did. I caught a dot. He goes, you mean a spot? I was like, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> Dang, Okies. I should have wearing my, short, my shirt backwards so I could look down because the fish are all on the back. I do, yeah. Yeah. That's so I do. Fun. I will not say dot stalker. I will say 
Spot stalker. Spot stalker. That's us. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking me. And if anybody out there yeah. wants to go fishing, they need to go with the spot stalker. Because you do run that boat efficiently yeah, like fun. Der Capitan York. It's fun. And uh, I've been, I've been uh, blessed to meet a lot of cool people doing that, you know. Well, yeah, I hear your stories are very good. So... Well, this has been fun. Um, well, it's been so much fun catching up and, and stuff. And, and uh, um, I know we'll probably be seeing a lot of each other now since. Oh, yeah. You know, now that I have my fishing connection. Heck yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, um, it's just nice, uh, you know, getting to reminisce about all these memories and stuff. And, and uh, you know, we lost Gerald a few years back. Yeah. You know, so about it's five like. Years ago. Um, really miss, miss being able to talk to him and stuff. And. Uh, but it's all been good, you know. Made a made a big, big impact on me, and I've well, all I really appreciate, appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying so. that. It's very nice to hear that. As a teacher, you hope that the impact you made on anybody is positive, and not yeah. the other way around. I hope the reason I didn't run into orange jumpsuit or or eyes behind the the jail wall were not because of me. <laughs> I don't think so. I so. hope not. But uh, well, cool. Well, Julian, appreciate it. Thanks for Al. Thank you. Danke schön. Nächsten Kein Problem. Yep. Wir gehen nächste Show. All right. Tschüss. Okay. Auf Wiedersehen, alle. <laughs>